Welcome to the Freedom to Rise podcast, a production of United Way Suncoast. Here's your host, Bronwyn Baytal. What gets measured is what gets done. This is the mantra that drives the Tampa Bay Partnership to produce the Regional Competitiveness Report, a data-based assessment of Tampa Bay's strengths and weaknesses across a diverse set of indicators measuring our region's performance against 19 benchmark communities nationwide. Coming up, we'll explore what this year's Regional Competitiveness Report says about our region with the CEO of the Tampa Bay Partnership. But first, a message from United Way Suncoast. United Way Suncoast invites the community to celebrate its 31st annual Week of Caring from April 16th through April 22nd as part of Global Volunteer Month. Global Volunteer Month celebrates the power of people who tackle society's greatest challenges and build stronger, more vibrant communities through volunteerism and everyday actions. Dozens of nonprofits throughout our region seek volunteers to support their meaningful projects. Week of Caring aligns those opportunities with United Way Suncoast's focus areas, education, financial stability, and support services. We welcome corporate employees, civic groups, and interested individuals to participate in this impactful Community Week of Service through either in-person, virtual, or remote opportunities. To learn more, visit volunteersuncoast.org slash weekofcaring. Together, we can create better opportunities for all through collaboration and volunteerism. United we rise, United, we win. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be joined on this podcast by someone well-known to our United Way Suncoast family. Before she moved into her current role as CEO of Tampa Bay Partnership, she worked as the Chief Strategy and Operations Officer right here for United Way Suncoast. She also brings a wealth of banking executive experience to running the partnership, And she's also served and continues to serve in a number of leadership positions on various boards, including the Tampa Housing Authority, the Executive Committee of the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce, and the Community Tampa Bay Board. It's my pleasure to welcome Bimitra Simmons to the Freedom to Rise podcast. Welcome, Bimitra. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Well, that's always my pleasure, and I love our conversation, so I'm, I'm hoping today will be just another one of those. But before we talk about the Regional Competitiveness Report, which is absolutely fascinating, I just wanted to ask, just how much do you miss us? <laughs> A lot. I just throw that much. in. <laughs> yeah, very much. So for, for those listeners out there that don't know, I before I took this role, I was a United Way Suncoastie. But yeah, I do feel fortunate that United Way Suncoast is an investor in the partnership. So I don't feel all that removed because right. I still get a lot of interaction with our former team members because we our organizations work so closely together. But particularly you, Bron, when I miss all of the back and forth text messages during uh, executive <laughs> leadership meetings. Oh, now we're telling secrets. <laughs> But no, that's always a good time just to kind of check in and, and we share both grandbaby and nephew stories. So this oh, is pictures, all that good stuff. Yes, <laughs> it's like old home week for us. So thank you so much. 
But we're at a really just getting back to business. I really wanted to ask you, how's it going for you at the partnership since you took over as CEO in October of 2021? Overall, I think things are going very well. I've worked very hard in my tenure over these last 18, 19 months of doing a couple things. One is making sure that we are truly regionally focused. So similar to United Way Suncoast, which is a multi-county United Way, the partnership is a multi-county entity as well. And quite honestly, we were a little too Hillsborough and Pinellas focused. And I've really worked hard at expanding our reach and spending time in the other counties. So really excited about the, the work that we've been doing there. And then just the overall work that we've been doing to convene and activate the region around our regional competitiveness report that we do in conjunction with you guys and Community Foundation. Yes, you've been everywhere. So thank you for that. I see your name on a number of, of dockets. So thank you for that. And I also, you've already done that. I have a note here from my producer for a shameless plug that United Way Suncoast is a partner with you on this report and you've already done that very well. So thank you for sharing our wonderful collaboration. And that's, that's just the way we like to work that the Tampa Bay Partnership and with United Way Suncoast. Our team was as excited as your team when this important research was presented to a room full of stakeholders and leaders at the University of South Florida in February. Now the community has had a month to digest those findings, and I'm sure you've spoken to a number of audiences about it across the region, which I just mentioned. How has our community and our business leaders, how have our community and our business leaders reacted? So first of all, you know, we cannot do this great work of putting out the regional competitiveness report without our collaborating partners, which includes United Way Suncoast and Community Foundation, Tampa Bay. So we're very grateful for your partnership. Mm -hmm. I think overall, the community and business leaders have reacted to the report in a couple of different ways. First of all, just grateful to know where we stand, you know, mm -hmm. to know as a benchmarking tool, how are we doing against these other competitive markets, you know, whether it be Raleigh or Minneapolis, St. Paul. I think the second thing is, you know, there were a couple data points that really, you know, jumped out at people, which we'll, I know we're going to talk a little bit about later in the podcast. And the biggest question I get is, what can we do to help? How, how can we help move the needle? And I think those are the right questions to ask. And I'm excited about our opportunity to bring those folks together to move the needle on some of these, on, on some of these points. Great. Anytime we get great minds in a room, we, we start to move forward. So we're going to do more of that, it sounds like, in this year as well. So, Bimitra, I think anytime you conduct an honest assessment of our region, you're going to find some positive and some negatives. Some may wonder, why do the study if it exposes all of those things? But as we said at the top of the show, what gets measured is what gets done. So can you talk about the importance of this report when it comes to improving the region? Well, I think you have to know where you begin to know where you need to spend your time. And so I don't see the report as, you know, why do the study if, these, if it exposes the warts? Because it also exposes what we're doing well. So the things that we're doing well in the region, we want to do more of that. And the areas where we're not doing so great, we need to know that so that we can spend our time working to improve those categories. The other hard truth is this. When companies are looking at, you know, relocating their, their companies here or families looking at coming here, they know what our wars are. So if we don't know what our wars are, we're not honest with them, with ourselves, then we can't improve it. So they know we've got work to do on transportation or, you know, or whatever yeah. that may be. So we have to be honest with ourselves so that we can roll our sleeves up and work to improve those categories. 
I love that. Absolutely. It's that there isn't any place without warts, at least not that I know of. Right. <laughs> let's let's move forward. Let's uncover and let's move forward. So overall, the report indicates that Tampa Bay is positively moving the needle with improvements in 36 of the 67 indicators. So to your point, that is something to celebrate. But as the report noted, systems change is much like life. A few steps forward, one step back, with some twists and turns thrown in there as well. For example, we lead the 19 communities in net migration, but with growth comes greater pressure points. What are the positives and the negatives of this growth? So I think that some of the positives of the growth is that the secret is out, that Tampa Bay is a wonderful community to live in, you know, in many ways, you know, Florida is an incentive is in itself, you know, with no mm-hmm. state taxes, beautiful weather, you know, things of that nature. So we've seen some really great growth from, you know, if you own your house, you know, housing growth, but that growth has outpaced our wages. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, we are number one in year over year housing costs. So 26%, a little over two and a half times the national average in annual growth. So national average was about 11%. We were at 26% year over year. And then our wages, although they improved by about $4,000 annually at 57, approximately a little over $57,000 a year, it's going to be, it creates an affordability issue. So that's some of those pressure points that you were asking about. So mm-hmm. you cannot be number one in housing costs and then be number 19 in wages and expect to have a region where a kindergarten teacher, for example, can expect to buy a house or a department store manager can expect to buy a home or expect to not see their rent increase, you know, 150% year over year. So that's some of the pressure points of the growth that we've seen in the region. Wow. Yeah. And those are pretty significant pressure points because people do need a place to live. They need, and the closer they live to where they work, the less congested our highways and roadways will be because you don't have so many people. I mean, I just I just heard that yesterday and I'm thinking that is a wonderful correlation to make sure that that we truly understand. So mm-hmm. one particular yeah, right? Or so one particular aspect I wanted to delve into is our disconnected youth that that was highlighted in the report. As you know, youth success is one of the pillars at United Way Suncoast. Yet there's low participation by young adults and young adults are defined as ages 16 to 24, when it comes to entering the workforce. And that means they're waiting longer to enter the talent pool and gain that valuable experience. And then on top of that, the report revealed that 58,000 young adults are, what I mentioned at the beginning, disconnected, meaning not enrolled in education and not working. How big of a concern should this be for our region? You know, this should be very alarming to everyone in the region to have, you know, 58,000 young people, like you said, that are disconnected is a significant number. Not only does that matter today, but that matters five years from now. That matters 10 years from now, 10 years from now. These are folks that should be getting quality educational experience to be in their prime working age that they're not getting today or setting themselves up from an educational foundation to be prime working age in, in our community. And so by not doing that, we're at risk of having higher apprentice age folks. So for example, our average apprentice age in our region is about 28. 
in most communities, that number is much lower at 24, 25. So we have to figure out where are they? Why are they disconnected? And how do we get them re-engaged so that we can see a greater labor force participation rate for our community, which we in the state and nationally. So it, it has an effect on our labor force participation rate, both present term and in the future. That's wonderful. Again, information is power. Information that provides us a baseline for how we move forward. So that's let's talk about some of those positives within that. The numbers for how entrepreneurs support the region's economic well-being were positive, and advanced industry jobs that typically come with better wages are trending up. What does that mean for our future? I think this is probably one of the more positive and probably to some of our residents surprising data points that came out of the report. We are now being seen as an attractive community for entrepreneurs and for venture capitalists. Some of that has been driven by, you know, kind of the large headlines that we've seen with ARK Investments Mm -hmm. moving their business from New York to St. Pete. That was a big nod to our community. We've seen positive growth in the life sciences space. We've had the new Life Sciences, Life Sciences Center that Mafa just broke ground on up in Pasco. That's going to create hundreds of almost thousands of jobs in that higher, you know, higher advanced wages, life sciences space. And then also our cybersecurity community is growing. And now we're starting to see our state colleges and USF create certifications and degrees around. The biggest thing I want our listeners to understand is that there are all kinds of supporting jobs that go along with that that are available for our community members to participate in. So I think at first glance, when people hear, oh, Moffitt is building a new life sciences medical center, then they think, oh, I'm not a PhD or I'm not an MD, but right. somebody has to transport all those things to support the PhDs and MDs. So there's a place for just about everybody who has an interest in that field. And those are going to end up being hyper paid wage jobs, which will show with our affordability gap. Great. And I'm going to take away from that is there's a place for every single person in our community. There's a place, right? We just, we need to find that and we need to make sure that we're connected. So I'll say it again, back again with the what gets measured, what gets done. What is the partnership doing to address some of the key issues and how will it move forward with this data? And most importantly, how can the community get involved? I love this question, Bronwyn, because the biggest thing that we are doing, which you'll continue to hear this phrase, convene and activate the region around the data. So one of the things that we will be doing this year is having key stakeholder meetings to have deep dives with subject matter experts around that. So I know that, you know, United Way, I think you personally have an opportunity to sit in in our early learning subcommittee meetings. So for example, last month we brought the CEOs, we invited the CEOs of four of our county early learning coalitions to our business community people within the partnership to talk about how we can help. So getting those type of convenings, I think, is one of the ways that we're doing that to convene and activate the data. We've also started quarterly roundtable with our county commissioners. So each quarter we have a roundtable meeting with one commissioner from each of our surrounding counties to talk about some of these issues, whether it be transportation and infrastructure, or whether that might be housing affordability, whether that might be, you know, the talent pipeline. 
believe it or not, that has probably been one of the most significant things that we've done because mm. our neighboring commissioners don't always have an opportunity to connect with one another. So I think that I know rather that it has been as valuable for the partnership investors to have an audience with them as well as it has been for the commissioners to have time with one another. So those are some of the ways, those deep dives, gathering the subject matter experts together to work collectively between business, government, and community to move these issues. Yes, I will just a shameless plug for the Education and Talent Committee that I appreciate the opportunity. I was there for that one session with the, with the poor leaders from our early learning coalitions. And I took away so much richness from that conversation alone. And I would just say to all of our audience members, we are changing the way we talk about our early education professionals, child care professionals, or how we want to refer to the wonderful, genuine, caring, hardworking individuals who are charged with our most precious resource. So just that one, that one bit of information and and I could go on, but this is a shorter podcast. That it meant a lot and for early yeah. learning. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, I know, right. I specifically stayed a little bit away from it for that. It is a critical, a critical stage in life for our community and for our children. So thank you for the opportunity to serve and just a, a plug for our community. If you get get the opportunity, if you want to take that opportunity, reach out to Petra and her team and volunteer some of your time and talent to those committees. Really good work gets done. So as we wrap up, I just made a little bit of a plug, but what's your message to local leaders? I think my message is a couple of things. Each of our leaders has their own sphere of influence. And given that the report has 67 different indicators, everything from educational attainment to transportation and infrastructure to civic quality to housing affordability, there's probably one thing out of those 67 at a minimum that you care about. And I would encourage you to get involved, utilize your sphere of influence to get along so that we can continue to make Tampa Bay the best region in the country. Can't say it any better than that. Beautiful closing. Thank you so much, Bimitra. It has made such a huge difference for us to be able to have this conversation. And I hope this podcast gets listened to over and over again and is a challenge for our community to get involved. You're an amazing leader. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me and giving me an opportunity to amplify our message. Thank you. Great day. Now it's time for the big takeaway. In so many ways, the mission of United Way Suncoast and the objectives of the Tampa Bay Partnership align. It's why it makes so much sense for United Way Suncoast to serve as a collaborating partner on the Regional Competitiveness Report. And as we heard, the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay is also a partner in this. One of the biggest shared perspectives involves collaboration. Both the partnership and United Way share an unwavering belief in bringing together stakeholders to create collective action. At the Regional Competitiveness Report presentation in February, Bimitra noted that solutions are not found in silos, and regionalism is at the heart of all that the partnership achieves. We adhere to those words every day at United Way Suncoast. Our work centered on bringing together leaders and stakeholders when we first started in 1924, and it continues to center on that today. Look at our education work in Manatee County, our strides in creating needle-moving programs and spurring the campaign for grade-level reading stems directly from creating a coalition of willing partners. 
In 2022, our housing crisis efforts thrived on gathering together stakeholders and key principals from all five of our counties. They shared best practices about the distribution of emergency rental assistance dollars that sped up the process and helped more community members avoid eviction. The learnings we absorbed and the partnerships we deepened along the way are invaluable to next steps. The successes yielded by this approach serves as a ringing endorsement, but so does the reaction of our participants. Over and over, leaders tell us they find value in United Way Suncoast's ability to bring together key players. It's this drive to gather great minds and generate great ideas that always leads us to say, United, we rise. United, we win. Onward.